watching from tonight. Our church has been going through a series of sermons on um, during the week on, you know, the new one starts on Sunday morning and we run them all week long here at Greenbelt Online. And we've been looking at old classic Christmas hymns. Now, I'm a sucker, a sucker for Christmas music. I love Christmas music. I love the fact that we have a radio station here in our city that pretty much a few days after Remembrance Day in mid-November, they make the switch over to Christmas music and I can listen to Christmas music every day, you know, for a month leading up to the holidays. I know some of you think that's crazy. But for me, it's just the ultimate expression of this season. I love the fact that I can go, you know, to the shopping mall. I can go to the grocery store. I can go to my car garage. I can go to all these different places and I can hear songs praising God for what God has done by sending Jesus. And the blessing that comes from Jesus to the world, the hope, the joy, the peace, and the love that the world experiences because of that Christmas gift that we received 2,000 years ago. So we've been looking at a bunch of these old hymns for the past month, and I wanted to kind of continue that tonight here in our Christmas Eve service. And we're going to look at a very, very famous hymn. It's called, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And this is just a beautiful, beautiful hymn. Like, this is probably my favorite, favorite Christmas song. There's a number of different artists who, who do this song. I like the, the classical version of it with the, with the uh, kind of big church organ, but I really love kind of the heavy metal rock version of it with like guitar riffs in between the verses. It's just because the lyrics are so incredibly powerful. Just listen to some of these words here. It says, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. And so this song was written, we're not exactly sure when it's written, but this, this one's old. This one's been around for a long time. And it was probably written at some point between the 8th and 12th century. Can I realize that's a 400-year gap, but we're not 100% sure when it was written in that time. But it was written in Europe, and it was uh, sung in a lot of churches as, a, as an opening and as a response to the book of Psalms. Now, the book of Psalms is in your Bible. It's in the Old Testament, and there's 150 psalms. These are prayers to God. These are songs of praise to God. They're songs of rejoicing. They're songs of celebration. They're songs of worship. They're even songs of lamenting. You know, when life is hard, when it looks like God's not doing anything and how we pray through that. And so they would recite these lyrics from O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, whenever they would uh, read from the book of Psalms. And what I want to do in our time together as we celebrate Christmas Eve tonight is I just want to focus on one word from this song. And it's the word Emmanuel. Emmanuel. I do have a confession to make. When I was a brand new Christian, um, even though I kind of grew up in in church, you know, a little bit when we were growing up as kids, it wasn't a regular part of who I was. It wasn't a regular part of my belief. And there was a little part of the Christmas story that always confused me. And it was this word here, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. 
Because the angel came to the Virgin Mary and said that you are going to give birth to a son, that the Holy Spirit is going to come to you. And uh, even though you haven't been with your husband yet, in kind of that biblical sense, that you're going to be, the baby's going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit and that you're going to name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then they named the baby Jesus. <laughs> and that kind of messed me up for years and years and years. It's like because Jesus means that God will save mankind from their sin. And so it was always this confusing tension for me in the Christmas season of why is in some places he's called Emmanuel and other places called Jesus. Now, just track with me for a little bit, but we're going to unpack this word Emmanuel together. And you're going to see how Emmanuel, which means God with us, how the fact that God is with us is exactly what saves mankind from our sin. And so I want to talk tonight about God being with us. Have you ever prayed a simple little prayer that would say something like, God, please be with me? Have you ever prayed that? I know I have. I've prayed that when our family normally travel at this time of year. We have ex- our family live kind of all across our province here in Ontario. We usually do about 1,500 to, th- to 2,000 kilometers in our car of traveling, visiting family. And the weather here in our part of the world, uh, well, is terrible this, this time of year. It's cold. There's ice on the highway. There could be 30 centimeters of snow on the highway. It's always, you know, can be a little challenging driving. And so we get into the car and with our kids in the back, we say, God, be with us as we travel. God, give us safety. You know, so we all kind of pray these type of prayers that we want God to be with. Excuse me. We want God to be with us. God, be with us when we travel. God be with us over the holidays, right? God be with me in my job, in my school, when I've got big decisions to make, when I'm writing papers, when I'm studying for exams, all these different things that go on in our lives. We pray this prayer that God would be with us, right? And so what I want to show you is even without those prayers, that God is with you, And we're going to look at a number of verses from the New Testament to show you that God is with you, God was with you, and God will be with you. Let me repeat that for you. That God is with you, God was with you, and God will be with you. Right. And so this is what the, the, the uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, the, the Apostle Matthew, what he writes in his Gospel when he's talking about the birth of Jesus. He says this in Matthew chapter 1 in verse 23. So this angel kind of comes to Mary, says that you're going to give birth to a son, right? And it says here in verse 21, she'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. Then verse 22 kind of is the commentary of what the angel just said. And it says, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this prophecy that's being referred to 
comes from the prophet Isaiah. Now, Isaiah was a prophet in the land of Israel who was doing his ministry about 740 years before the birth of Jesus. And we can read in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, in chapter 7, down in verse 14, this is where that prophecy happens here. Where it says, therefore, you know, it talks about, you know, it, sorry, it says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Now, you're going to see this sign. And whenever the Bible talks about a sign, well, what are signs used for? Well, signs are used to point you to something. And the birth of Jesus, this prophecy is pointing to this sign of God at work. And so this, this is the sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Right? And this story of Emmanuel, God with us, when we look at the Christmas story, when we look at the Christmas decorations, when we watch the Christmas specials, we see so many images of this celebration, of this rejoicing. Right? In the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, the response of the coming of Emmanuel, the response of God with us is rejoice, rejoice. Right? And so we see in the Christmas story, we see Shepherds rejoicing when the angels came to the shepherd and said, on to you, the son of David has been born. You can find him in the city of David. The Messiah has come. The shepherds rejoice. We can see wise men who traveled from the east and they bring gifts to the young Jesus. And they present this to him and they bow down in worship and they rejoice of what God has done. It's this idea, what causes us to rejoice? It's the understanding that God is with us, right? So many people that I talk to who maybe don't believe in God the way I believe in God or, or who wrestle with the closeness of God. It, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit when so many people feel like God is far, that God is distant, that God is uninvolved. Sure, maybe God was some kind of creator and got everything, you know, moving, but it's just kind of, he's just not involved with my life. Or maybe some people feel like God is, he might be involved in my life, but he feels more like a punitive father who's just always angry at me and always disappointed with me. And this idea that God is with me doesn't really resonate. Because let's be honest, here in 2020, we've all gone through some stuff, right? This has not been a simple year. This has not been an easy year for so many of us. People worried about health. People worried about our finances. People worried about work. People worried about our jobs. People worried about just what is going on in the world, right? We can feel this tension that God is different, is, and is distant. And so what I want to remind us, we're going to unpack this idea of God being with you. God is with you. God was with you and God will be with you. Because for me, that idea of God being with us is not a Christmas message. It's an everyday message. It's not just at Christmas time that we realize that we, that we're mourning and that we're lonely and we feel like we're in exile and that there's a ransom against us or we feel like we're captive. It's not just on Christmas when we rejoice because God is with us. It's every single day. So that's what I want to spend the remainder of our time together looking at. So the first point is this, is this idea is that God, is, excuse me, God is with you. 
Again, we can read in the Gospel of Luke, in the birth of Jesus story, and it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 28, it says, The angel went to her, being Mary, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And the Greek word that's used here for with you, it literally means with you. It doesn't mean he's kind of in the other room. It doesn't mean that he's down the hall. It doesn't mean that he's outside. It doesn't mean he's in some kind of little temple place. It's the fact that God is with you. It's incredibly, incredibly close. Now, just those words would have been hard to believe for a young Jewish girl because she would have been raised to believe that God's glory, God's presence was way over there in the temple in Jerusalem. And if you wanted to be near God, you had to go somewhere to be near with God. I know some people kind of still think that way today, that you need to be in a church building to be near God because we call the church building the house of God, right? So where does God reside? In the house of God. So I better go to the house of God if I want to meet with God. In the ancient days, in kind of this culture that Mary grew up in, see, people didn't think God was with them. See, the gods were far the gods were distant. The gods were either up on a mountaintop, they were deep within a temple in some exclu- you know, some secluded room that only a few people could enter, enter. But this notion that God is with you, that he's this close, that he's right there, is such a mind-bending concept. The prophet Ezekiel, way back in the Old Testament, he talked about this as well in, uh, in his book, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. He wrote this. These are the words of God talking about what the future will look like when God will be with his people. God says these words. He says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. See, what the prophet is talking about here is this idea that because of our sin, because of the fact that, you know, we want to live our own way, we want to, you know, just do things our own way, and, 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 and we care more about ourselves and our rights and, and my desires and what I want. We care more about that than anything else. It, it makes our heart like a stone. And God says, no, no, when I come in you, I'm going to be so close to you that I'm going to be in you. That heart of stone is going to be taken away and you're going to have a heart of flesh, a heart that beats for the things of God, a heart that beats for the hurting and the broken and the lonely and the lost and the confused and the exile and the widow and the orphan. And you'll have this closeness with you. See, Jesus said those words as well to his followers after his death and resurrection. Jesus was about to return to heaven. And he said to his followers in Matthew's gospel in chapter 20, uh, 28, verse 20, Jesus said, I will be with you sometimes, occasionally, if you're a good girl or a good boy. And if you do exactly what I tell you to do. And you better, you know, listen every time the pastor tells you to do something. You better show up at the church on Sunday morning. Then Jesus will be with you. <laughs> Being a little tongue in cheek. <laughs> Jesus never said that. Jesus said, I will be with you always. 
And again, the Greek word for always is such a powerful word. It's that Jesus is always with you. That he's not leaving you. He's not abandoning you. He's not forsaking you. He's not ditching you for somebody better. <laughs> right? That Jesus is with you. You know, so in this Christmas season where it looks very different and we're kind of staying a little home, staying home, we're not traveling as much, maybe not seeing as many people, right? When you feel alone, well, God is with you. You have a companion. God is with you. Right? If, if you're sick, you know, you're not alone. Jesus is with you and Jesus is our healer. He brings healing. If you feel lost, he's with you as a guide. If, you, if you're hurting, he's with you as your hope. If you feel weak, he's with you as your strength. If, if there's sin in your life, he's with you as your savior and as your deliverer. Right? See, when I was little, I believed for quite a long time that God didn't like me. And I believed that because that's what I was told. I was told by, by teachers at school because I was a little fidgety as a kid. I had a hard time sitting still, had a hard time focusing and paying attention to the teacher. And, and because of that, I wasn't a good boy. And because I wasn't a good boy who listened all the time, God didn't like me. <laughs> because God only likes good boys and good girls. And today, in 2020, so many different religions teach that concept as well, that you need to please God. But the Christmas message is very, very different. And that's why it's a message that we don't just preach on Christmas. We preach it every single week in our church because God loves you. And God loves you so much that he didn't expect you to deal with this sin stuff that we have on our own. That's why Jesus came. That's why God is with us to deal with those things. So we need that constant reminder. And I lovingly tell people all the time who say, yeah, but Pastor Kevin, I don't feel that way. I lovingly say, well, it doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter sometimes what you feel. You have to believe what is true. And the Bible again and again and again and again and again tells us that God is with us. And the second thing I think is a great reminder, and for me this past year, this one has been huge for me to kind of help me keep rejoicing. It's the idea that God was with you. I don't know what it is. Maybe you've experienced this as well, but some, for some reason, it's easier to see how God was with me in the past than sometimes in the moment. Have you ever felt that way? When you're just dealing with something, maybe something at school or something at work or something in one of your relationships and things are just not going well, and you just have a very hard time seeing God. You have a hard time realizing and believing that God is with you in that moment. But then you remember other moments that might have been similar to the moment that you're in right now. And you go, oh, but I saw God so clearly back then. Well, what's funny is, is you probably didn't see it clearly back then. You just see it clearly now because you're not in it anymore. <laughs> and that's for me, is such a powerful reminder is to never forget what God has done in the past. To never forget how God has blessed. To never forget how God was with us. Because sometimes we need that reminder to let us know that, oh, 
because God was there before, I can trust that he's there now. There's a story in the Old Testament about a young man named Joseph. And Joseph was sold into slavery by his older brothers. They were jealous of the relationship that Joseph had with their father. Uh, they were jealous that God had given Joseph these dreams, and he shared these dreams with his brothers, saying, hey, I think one day I'm going to rule over you. That was not popular to state to your older brother. Can you imagine if you have older brothers going, hey, I had a dream that I'm going to be your boss and I'm going to lord over you? How would that have gone with your older brothers? Hopefully they didn't throw you into a pit and sold you into slavery, but older brothers don't like to be talked to that way. Right? And so Joseph ends up in Egypt. He ends up in prison. He ends up kind of just kind of doubting and wondering what's going on. And then we read these words in Genesis chapter 39, verse 21. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph and God showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Right? We got to remember that even though in the moment, Joseph doesn't feel like God is with him. And Joseph gets this reminder, no, no, God is with you. God was with you when all this stuff was going down. God has not left you. And you can trust this. Again, for me, this 2020 year could have been real easy to spend a lot of time discouraged <laughs> because there is so much stuff going on in the world right now. And not just with the pandemic, but everything else that we see in the news every single day. It would have been so easy, really easy to spend the last 10 months discouraged. But instead, we choose to look back Look to see where God has been with us. And that is a huge blessing when we can put our eyes there and realize that we have reasons to rejoice because of what God has done in the past, that we can actually trust him with what is going on right now. So we need that constant reminder that God is with us, that God was with us. And finally, I want to encourage you with the idea that God will be with you. That God will be with you. I don't know about you, but way back in January 2020, I had huge dreams for this year. <laughs> See, I, I'm one of these guys who makes about seven or eight New Year's resolutions. Uh, it's just what I do. Uh, you know, this year I was going to learn how to play guitar. I was going to start exercising and get in shape. I was going to start eating healthy. I was going to start journaling every day. I've had this little idea of a book percolating in my mind, so I'm going to write a book. So you can probably guess I haven't done pretty much any of those things. I think I've stuck to one or two of these resolutions. Um, but this is how I approach the new year every year. I kind of look at it and going, I got all these amazing high hopes for the new year. And then March 2020 hit and everything pivoted. Everything had to be changed. Everything that I thought I was going to be doing in 2020 just went into a radically different direction, right? And God did amazing things this year. He did amazing things here in our church. He did amazing things in your life. He did amazing things in friends of mine across our country and around the world who believe in God. It's just been nuts to remember these promises as even when everything changes, when everything seems hopeless, when everything seems crazy, God will be there with us as we go through it. As we 
celebrate the birth of Jesus, remembering that God is with us. You see, the Advent season, the four weeks leading up to Christmas morning, is not just about looking back to what God did 2,000 years ago. It's also about looking forward to what God will do, because God will be with us tomorrow. God will be with us in 2021. God will be with us as we trust him going forward. I love this uh, passage that the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome. It said this in Romans chapter 8, verses 35 to 39. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing, nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing. Nothing. I'm going to say that one more time. Nothing could separate you from the love of God when you come to God. Your doubts, your mistakes, your disappointments, your failures, your sin, nothing can separate you from God's presence. Because God is with you, God was with you, and God will be with you. The reality is, is a lot of the times when there's stuff going on in our lives and God feels far, the issue isn't God. The issue is us. The God is with you. But the real question that all of us have to wrestle with is, am I with God? <laughs> God's with me. God came to set me free. God came to deal with my sin. God came to set me free from all this stuff, this mourning, this loneliness, all of these things that we deal with in this hurting, broken world. God came to deal with this, and he's with us. We just have to choose to be with him. And the Bible teaches us we can all do that incredibly easy. You don't need a degree in biblical studies. You don't need to take a course. You don't need even anyone to guide you through this. You could just uh, pray right where you are. And it can be a simple prayer that just says, God, I realize I've been far from you. I know I've heard this Christmas message for years and years, or maybe it's the first time I'm hearing it. Um, But God, this idea that you're close Well, I want to know that closeness. And so, God, be close to me and help me to be close to you. So, Father, today I turn to you. I give you my heart, that heart of stone that Pastor Kevin read about. I want that heart of flesh. Come into my life. Come into me and bless me and guide me and make me new. And if you pray like that today, then God bless you. You are part of the family of God. If you do that, there's a little pop-up that shows up in the chat. I'd love if you would just click that little button that says to raise your hand and let us know that you've made that decision to have God close to you and for you to be close to God because we'd love to come alongside you and help you out in this journey with God. right? And because this is our hope, this is our desire as a church family, that Christmas, the message of God being with us, The fact that we can rejoice and rejoice 
because God has come isn't just a once a year message. It's an every single day message that we rejoice together about. And we would love for all of us to be a part of that together as one big family. So let's pray. Lord God, I praise you and thank you for this Christmas Eve celebration. I thank you that we could worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords here at this Greenbelt Online environment. God, I'm just so grateful for everyone who attended this service. I pray, God, that you would fill their homes with your hope, with your joy, with your peace, with your love this Christmas season. And God, I pray that those feelings of your closeness would not just be for a couple of days over the holidays, that it would be each and every day that all of us would realize how close you are to us. And that, God, we would never have to doubt that you're not with us because of the truth of your word and the truth of what Jesus has done. And so, God, continue to use us and guide us to bless people wherever we go as we trust and follow you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.